It is Wednesday, the 6th of June, 2018, and this is episode 333 of Digital Outbox. Welcome along to another episode. I'm Chris and Ian's here as well. Hello, Ian. Evening, Chris. Um, I was going to say uh, how you were, but I don't really care. And we've got lots to get through, so we should probably just crack on, right? Harsh. Oh, I was a bit. What a cock. It's, I've, had a bad, I've had a bad weekend. I'm in a bad mood. Really, really Chris? Yeah. Let, let's just work out it's Wednesday and you're still in a mood about it. I am still in a bad mood. I missed out on a win that was, was mine. All mine. Anyway. Um, right, big does news. Make, does that make the Max Verstappen of Kittle? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't had hit that many retirements, but... Uh, oh, dear. Yeah. Safety car saw the end of my race. At some point, I'll put the videos up. They are done. I've just got to put them... Properly release them. There you go. That's coming soon. I can't wait. Exciting. Uh, exactly. It's like my adrenaline's... Yeah, I, I, I imagine the internet's bracing itself. <laughs> Microsoft has bought GitHub. They have spent 7.5 million of their stocks to do such a thing. Now, they took. I, mean, I think it leaked a little bit earlier in the week that they were in talks about this. So they decided, OK, let's just uh, make this official. And it's now official. That, that, yep, they're going to do that. Uh, one of their biggest, well, the biggest uh, investment they've made since buying LinkedIn in what was considered a weird move and still is, I think. Um, but yeah, 7.5 billion for GitHub. GitHub, the probably the biggest uh, well, most known Git repository out there, uh, used by all the big uh, firms and you know many, many, many developers around the world. Um, famous for its sort of open source ethos, um, but also has the commercial side of things if people want to keep their um, their repos private. Um, what do you think? I actually thought this was a, a really smart move, um, hmm. I, and. And lots of people seem to be getting like all super excited about Microsoft are bad, they're evil. And mm. I saw one blog post which was like the fox can change its jacket, but not its, not its nature or something like that. Mm. And um, and started quoting about about how they killed Netscape, which is like that's a quite a long time ago. Crikey, yes. You know, and and then listed off all the other things that they've been doing, and 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 did it. They did admit that I know this sounds negative, but I've got a long memory, and it's like yeah, clearly you have. I mean that's. Um, yeah, and one of the one of the defences that Microsoft put forward has has been: don't judge us by what we have done; judge us what we've done in the recent past and what we're going to do in the future. And in the recent past, I think we've been saying it on our podcast: they have, they they do seem to have turned the ship around as far as openness and and out outward looking and opening up, uh, open sourcing things and working with communities and stuff. So yeah, I I, I can I can understand their angle. I, th- I think it might be a good partnership. I mean, um, GitHub was suffering with growing pains. Um, it's obviously not a cheap thing to supply, uh, you know, that that kind of infrastructure. And maybe Microsoft can add that to, you know, add that to the party. It's not clear how integrated they're going to make it within the Microsoft sort of um, sphere of things. Whether they're going to keep it separate like they have with things like LinkedIn. Um, I, I I think there'll be lots of you know connections that you're going to start to see over the coming you know. Probably not weeks, but months. Um, I mean, the, the cloud offering I think is really strong. Um, I've been very impressed. I think I, I think I'd said, um, I can't remember if it was the last podcast or, or not, but Visual Studio Code has become my 
you know, text editor. Yes, choice. You, you mentioned use, it last time, yeah. You use it everywhere. So I can see there being some really, I mean, there already is strong, um, there's a strong town with, with GitHub there and you can, you know, updates via GitHub and, you know, it's some, just some really nice, you know, slick, you know, tool. Um, I, 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 as I said, I, I thought it made sense. I mean, I guess the thing is, there's, there's lots of people saying, oh, there goes the end of free repository, there goes the end of this, there goes the end of that. GitHub wasn't making money. So yes, no, exactly. it, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it was a, fin- I mean, it was a fantastic site, and and I, I dread to think, obviously, you know, almost like what would somebody else have stood something up, you know, equivalent? And there are lots of competitors to it. So there's a there's um, GitLab is, a, is another one that has seen tremendous growth this week because lots of people are moving the repositories over. But again, they're going to come under pressure. You know, it's going to be yeah, yeah, they, to keep it keep I've it got viable. A, I've got a GitLab account, and certainly in the original guys of that they really struggled with even low numbers uh, i'm guessing over the recent times they have expanded but unfortunately expansion means m- like much but higher bills and they again they're offering free accounts so how do they pay those bills it, at some point they will also get bought out or, or or something else will break or it'll all go to pay pay model interesting angle you know if you are apple if you are um, google and you've got an, or you're amazon and you've got repositories on this are you worried about those no you don't worry that all your code base is sat on a, an account owned by your main rival. Yeah. Interesting. I, I I think that could cause politically politically interesting conversations. It will, it will do, but I think if you'd already put it out there, you've already got a potential. Some you know there was they had you know private investors. Who knows what's who's looking at that code? If if you as a company have already got it in GitHub, I don't think Microsoft buying it should. Would make that decision any different? Yeah, okay. If you've already made the kind of you know the mind leap that I'm happy with my code sitting on a on a on a GitHub um, account, whether it's private, because I know they did enterprise deals and you know you can host, uh, you can do things locally. Um, but no, I I I actually think Microsoft. So see when I was I was, I was looking at so who else could have bought GitHub? You know, so Google, and and it's like I don't know. To me, they've they've got enough right now. You know, it's like. They probably don't. They probably got their own Git things that they're doing anyway. Yeah, it's not but, probably but beneficial. It's just a few. I feel the way you know Google went with ads, etc. It's like that's, there's enough there. Facebook, I don't think would have would have bought this kind of thing. Apple wouldn't have bought GitHub. I struggle to look around and see you know who was a natural. You know maybe like an Amazon, just the way they're doing. You know so maybe you know if you look at if you look at you know who would have been a, a, a good you know buyer. Yeah, Amazon is probably the best, strongest, most close fit. But not in that natural way. But the fact yeah. that you know Amazon isn't really what we think of it is. So actually, what Amazon is as a company, a technology company, it would fit very nicely in with that. With you know, effectively storage and and the kind of that angle. But I, I, maybe Amazon have got the view. We could spin up an alternative for this. Yeah, in a, that, a year or two and just beat them. That's yeah, and that's the kind of thing they will do. It'll just be another service inside their AWS, and it's you know. And I saw done. I saw an interesting take, which was um, that Microsoft have got lots of great enterprise deals. But they've really struggled to get the almost like the developer community to come along, and this is almost a way of purchasing a developer community. Yes, it will shrink because of what we've already seen people going. I need to leave. This is a disaster. Uh, there, there'll be an but overreaction. There's certainly a. It's one of those things where you get more noise than actual action. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. And for all these people saying, "Oh, look at all these," you know, so like GitLab, for example, saying, "Look at all these repositories I'm creating." You know, for all we know, GitHub this week's seen a, a spike in just yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just people going, "Oh, GitHub, what's that?" I'll go and create an account. Um, and right. rational, sensible people would realise that yeah, Microsoft aren't necessarily the 
the evil that, that people think they are. Anyway, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I think it'd be fine. Um, two, two really, uh, so one really smart thing. So yeah, I think you said the stock, you know, so seven point five billion stock, but they actually released new stock to buy this, and with the price rise in a day, and um, they basically got GitHub for free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Boom. That so, is clever. So very clever. Also, um, well done for two or three years um, announcing a big buy on WWDC day. Yeah, because in 2016 they said, "Oh, we bought LinkedIn," which which stole a lot of attention, and um, and this year obviously buying GitHub. Yep. Uh, that can't be coincidence. Nah, of course it's not. Um, and and lots of people are going, you know, that shows how evil Microsoft are. Apple used to do the same when Microsoft were doing the CES stuff, and Apple were like, "We're not going there." Every company has always done this. The be- yeah. you know, you've, you're yeah. not going to CES, but by the way. Look at this device that we're launching soon. Uh, you'd be like, oh, it's just taking everything away from this Las Vegas show, which is huge. So everybody does it. Everybody wants attention. Everybody wants to go have a wee poke at somebody. You mentioned WWDC. Well, I we've did. obviously had our uh, June event. So um, I did watch. Um, so did I. I watched live for the first hour and then i did get bored and had to go and do something a bit more interesting and actually there there was no hardware this time so it was all the focus on software um so we went through various you know across their range of things um i ha- i have to say overall presentation style felt uh, it just you know you know when microsoft do the games uh e3 they did and it's everything is extremely scripted and cheesy and this little present presentation of a perfect little world and everything goes racially it, it it felt very much like that it just it felt like no personality it felt cheesy it felt fake and it, and actually i found it really uncomfortable to watch in that in that regard they, they're obviously trying to sell these concepts and things are so deeply embedded end to end now that the only way they can sell them is by presenting scenarios and those scenarios are always extremely cheesy. They're trying to sell this lifestyle, and I, I didn't like it. I have to say, there was there was something about it, you know, there was lack of just here's here are the things you can do and how we can do it, and and it was all just yeah, that sort of this is how it's going to manifest itself, which I can understand why they want to do, but it just I just didn't like it. No, I found it drawn out. I, really I, I, drawn out. I equally shared the kind of falseness side of it, um, mm. and and also just. And I know it's a developer conference, but the kind of tour keynote has never just been developers. But it was it was really thin for yeah. the developer community. It was, and but also really thin on the kind of here's a new iPad or mm. here's a new you know here's a something something it to was... break up that that you know the deluge. I I enjoyed the opening. Um... The you know the migratory the migratory developers coming to the Stephen like the, Fry, the Stephen Fry overlay. Yeah, yeah I, th- I thought that was very funny. I did enjoy that. Yeah, it was bits. But of, that was my highlight. Yeah, there was some bits of it I thought were really. I mean, it's interesting. So I mean, as usual, I watched and and as up the notes down as I go because it just makes it easy rather than. So you know, we will we'll go down and we'll we'll highlight because we can probably do this in twenty minutes, whereas they took two oh, hours. We need to set a challenge. We need to do this in ten. All right, but Come what on. I would say is that they they did their normal thing of they eventually got down to iOS. Uh, sorry, not iOS. Uh, Mac OS, um, and actually that was one of the biggest bits of news and the most in you know some of the it's, yeah. you know it wasn't a massive update but at least it showed some focus and they told us how important these things are and it's a new release 
Yeah, it was buried, you know, the sixth item on the list of things that they, they're talking about when they're talking, you know, a load of guff about... Oh, anyway, let's go down. Let's, they, let's do it in the order they talked no, to him. You've done it. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's move on. No, I'm on. But, uh, let's talk in the order that they, they covered it in. iOS 12, um, they've talked about... Uh, this is, you know, before even giving us... Uh, did they give us what they talked about last year? Or is... Uh, iOS 12 is due out when? September. And when do we get the last update that they talked about from last year's WWDC? Last week. Right. So it takes a year and they talk about the next thing and then they eventually get around to doing yeah, it. Yeah, and we'll come on to that a little bit later. It's like I've never I've never felt more like an Android device than, <laughs> than, than this year. <laughs> it's taken me a year to get an update. It's like now I know what it feels like to be a Samsung owner. <laughs> so iOS 12 um, is going to be available on everything that, that can take iOS 11. So there's going to be no uh, like removal of devices, which is good. Um, they were talking about performance. So, and, and and I thought it was a bit like oh, whatever. People have put the beat on and are saying that that they did a little bit before and after, and they are seeing in all the devices that it is making a difference. So, maybe. fine. So it, something will launch twice as fast, but sometimes when something is already fairly quick, you don't really notice that kind of saving. But nevertheless, yeah, good performance always important. I, and I thought I thought that I bet you they're focusing on that first and up front because of the battery stuff and we're slowing down devices. It was like, yeah, we're keeping your device open longer and we're focused on performance. And I, I, I felt that was a, let's try and answer that. Augmented reality, uh, they're still pushing heavily on that side of things. They came up with a new file format, which is going to allow smaller, more focused and, and easier to integrate sort of 3D modeling. Um, it's going to have native support within Creative Cloud, Adobe Creative Cloud, so which is going to make it easy for people to put in there. And they showed off a measurement app. Measurement apps are nothing new, but they're a native one to Apple is. So they've told everyone how amazing it was. It looked quite clever. So you can measure something in real life. And it, yeah. but, but the weird bit is, why not do that last year when you just launched the ARKit? Mm. When it's a year later, when there's about 50 of these apps that all do the same thing. That's <laughs> odd. I mean, it, it, again, they've done it very slickly. It looked good, yeah, uh, well integrated, whatever. But yeah, you're right. It's nothing new. So it's, it's not like it's especially... You got anything there um it's got better face tracking better 3d modeling better so is, oh, support for shared experience was quite interesting yeah so this is the arkit too um so so it'll track track as you said faces but the the, the bit was shared experiences so um the, the demo they had at wwdc was like some sort of big um catapult type game and you can you know have two ipads or iphones and you're seeing the same shared area which was which was interesting and then there was a lego demo which looked yeah, really impressive it did um, but, but Lego is about real world things, not not. Yeah, like... kind of. But I, I can understand if you've got like a, a piece of, you know, a, a small set of Lego. It is nice that you can effectively. Uh, there's, there's, it's kind of a bit of what the imagination should be doing when you're playing with Lego, yeah, right? That's what but I, mean. I, I don't mind that they want to vi- visualize that, and actually they turn it into little games. And I, I don't mind that. It adds, it adds, it's a value add for Lego because, especially if you haven't got the all the bits of you know kit that you oh, want and I, I get that i don't I just, mind that. i just i had my i had my rose tinted glasses on you when probably I was a kid, did yeah and i loved lego and i was just like that's not what lego's about lego's not about putting a screen in front of lego um mm. and and but but then i still think this is a bridge to we're going to get a set of glasses in a couple of years that's yeah. this is where this is heading and, and and say the richness and the interactivity and having little Lego people walking around your model is quite fun i ca- i can see that and i can see that's an interest um 
yeah like it doesn't it doesn't work until you have something like glasses right yeah and the bit was interesting was like looking inside the model you know when it was alive yes. and that's yeah. that was a nice bit but but overall i thought yeah it too looked look again super interesting just that whole shared experience you could even but... you could see the little glitches happening occasionally even in their pristine environment so it's, it's a still jump. yeah you know, a, little, a little, little jumpy jump. little yeah. but overall it was quite convincing so uh, you yeah, know yeah. I can't, i'm not going to take that away from them they, they're always going to have you're always going to have that um, but nevertheless, it was uh, it was very impressive. So photos, um, they've got improved search. They talk about collaboration of search as well between you and your friends. So if you mark them in your photos, then it'll do some automated searching and say, hey, do you want to suggest these back to your other, you know, to your friend again? So a little bit of to and fro going on there. If you use Google Photos, this is just try to catch up. Yeah, fine. Um, Siri, they're saying 10 billion requests per month. They're not saying that actually 5 billion of those are because the first time you asked, it didn't ask, answer the correct answer. Don't. Uh, um, or me and Carplay asking 10 times the same <laughs> bloody street and it's telling me I'm, in, I'm not in India, Ian. I'm not in Ireland, Ian. No, I know that. There you go. Come so that's on. That. That's a, if you divide 10 bit, yeah, that's only one bit. Anyway, right. Uh, interesting, <laughs> some shortcuts um, that they enable you to do shortcuts with your voice so you can set up a whole kind of, it's almost like a macro type effect and then to attach it to a voice command. Hey, this, this is quite smart. This is a way of getting third parties in. So the, the third party can now you, you know, do a little silly shortcut um, so you can clear, create a little reminder. And and that that actually looked and from feedback from people there that I've got the beat on it's, it's it's like that actually worked really well so that's a, that was interesting yeah and so night and like nice way of yeah tying lots of strings it's almost like yeah macro for uh, macro you, workflow isn't it yeah did you ever use workflow no so what workflow was an app and because you're you're mostly I remember Android. I think I installed it I just never got around to doing yeah, it. yeah so workflow is a really um, really nice app so you can link. Like, you know, it's like a visual program and so you can link steps together. So I, so I do on my blog, I do like a, a roundup of the week and I've got some, I, I, so through the week, so just say I see like, you know, oh, Chris has come forth in his race and I think that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a cock. Uh, yeah. Um, and just say I want to share that with, with, with folk at the weekend. Um, so, I, so I tag it, it sits on Pinboard and then I run a workflow which takes all that reformats it all um, and sends it into WordPress. So I don't need to do any of that, that nonsense. Um, so you build it and it's all drag and drop and it's also got web hooks and you can go and start to program quite a lot. Apple bought it a year and a half ago and it was the city team that bought it and now you've got you know workflow turned into these create your own shortcuts mm-hmm. and it's really nice and you can assign your own you know you can send your own you know verbal shortcut to as well so you can say you know I don't know post post my blog and it'll go and run I see these little and they, and they and I think that one of the demonstrations they used, you know, as you're leaving work, it can send a message to someone saying I'm leaving. It can right. set yep. your map with the directions. It can tell you when you're going to arrive, uh, and it can start setting your home automation for you know preparing for when you get home. So yeah, and it gets not, your again, maps showing how yeah. Yeah, how the future that's going to really be. nice, really nice. Uh, they showed us news. They've redesigned it oh. again, and they've put it in various places. And uh, stocks. They were so uh. heavy on stocks again. Like ugh. it's like it's like it's, it, stocks and flight arrival and departure times. 
everyone must have them. It means, but yeah, they were very happy with the new stocks and the news that's going to be associated with them. So you can dig into business news, basically. Like I really you, wasn't sold on no. that being a massive feature. It was like Yahoo from 1995. <laughs> it really was. Uh, voice memos. So they've rebuilt that. They've put it on iPad and it's got iCloud support. So you can have your memos all over the place. Fine. Again, I, all these little things, I almost expected them to be there already. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not... Apple Books is um, got new design. Got it's, they removed the I from iBooks, so that's that's nice. And um, it was also just on a new design. Interesting that they've went back to some of the. I wouldn't say it's schematic as such, but it's like the books look like books. It had little mm. shadows. It had little pages. Whereas in the last what four or five years, it's all been you no know, ditch all that. They do tend to go backwards and forwards on that a little bit, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was done in a subtle way, so it wasn't it wasn't like the old moleskin, you know, covers and things like that. So at least it a bit more subtle. Um, CarPlay third party map apps, interesting and very welcome, I'm sure. I, I will be um, so that's day one. Thank you, Google. Yeah. Um, no more. Are they integrating maps. in day one? Do we know that for sure? I I, I can't see them not doing it. You say that, but you know it no, could I be know. a stick finger up. You know, no way. Ah, I can't see it. So five years ago, yes. But the way Google are now, I think they realise that we need to be on all platforms and support everything yeah. and do everything. We and, gain more by doing that. Than uh, yeah. And you'll probably get, I think, 99% of, of CarPlay users will use Google Maps because Apple Maps is not a great experience. I mean, it works. Don't get me wrong. It works, but it doesn't work very well. Um, really struggles with voice. Um, and it's and it's just, it's silly, lets it down. You know, that and, and maps aren't as detailed, but the you know, I've I've not been anywhere where the maps haven't been right. Yep. It's just it's just see trying to, you know, navigate with voice and try to do it. And I can just pull the you know, as soon as I do it in Google it works and it's like oh. yep. Do not disturb, they have got bedtime, uh, do not disturb, and they've got other areas of the day where you can have sort of limit your interaction. Um and this is sort of hiding everything. So it doesn't even ping up on the front of the screen, it literally hides everything. So you are just not triggered to go and look at your phone and do things. Again, I think this is catch up because Android's been doing this for a little while now. Um So I think that between the do not disturb notifications and that this thing called screen time, and it reminded me of the um Google I.O which was talking about reports about how long you're using your device yes. and limiting things down. and You can tell that that's it's obviously in the news. And they, they made specific you know note to the fact that, yeah, we've created this thing. We appreciate it's having this impact on people. Yes. And here are, the, here are the ways that we're trying to get around that. And a lot of that, yeah, was they they you know they kind of skipped over this but they, they're going to allow you to limit yourself to x time for each particular app so if you've reached two hours in F- facebook then it'll it'll warn you it does say i mean they really skipped over it quite quick but it says yeah you just click a button and you get you can extend it as, yeah. as long as you like <laughs> you know it's but not that, like but, it cuts yeah but that was a kind of first ding against facebook and zuckerberg so there's clearly a there's clearly tension because it was instagram that they kept on putting up as an example you've been on it for an hour you're not yeah. getting in here anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, again, that's more to placate the uh, the politicians more than anyone. They went on about Animoji. Wow, we can stick out. Uh, just, just one more thing. And kind of, well, two more things. Just a quick notifications. Just being able to group them together. And it looked like they were doing it not just by app, but also by type of app. So if you're mm-hmm. getting lots of social kind of notifications, you can group them and triage them very quickly. Which I know Android's done a yep. lot better job than, than iOS has. On the app usage types of things, you can also, as a parent, start to limit down and you get a report yes. of what your kids are doing. And, and you think, can, things like websites as well, you can, you can yeah. restrict. 
certainly in some podcasts I was listening to, the parents of those well, were like really appreciative of it, saying that's a big deal for us. It just yep. gives us a bit more control. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. And emoji, you can stick your tongue out. Well, me emoji, you can create your own. The me emojis looked fantastic. Uh, but I do, but I do, what, what was, no, it's honestly, so, on, so, so I, I'm, I'm chuckling. I, I was, I was um, watching along the podcast with Shaq and one of the other guys at what Mike, uh, and both of them were like, well, that's us buying a new iPhone this year. What? Exactly. Me emoji was just like, I need a phone for that. Goodness me. Uh, and it was, I, I just, I don't, I mean, I, it's, I think it's because I'm not in the iPhone. I just don't see why there's such a big thing. I really don't. So it's, 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 it's um, so I see lots of people using like Bitmoji and, and, you know, so Bitmoji lets you create a kind of emoji similar to you and, and you can go and pick it to see like happy birthday and do all sorts of things. But it's the real live kind of side of it. And that's where my emoji was really impressive. So you can create your emoji to look like you. Um, It'll kind of live render, but also then they went on to FaceTime. You can yeah. do group FaceTimes up to 32 participants, but then you can actually turn on an emojis and memojis and do live. And you and and it was just that somebody did a little throwaway comment. This is a phone that's letting you do 32, 32 person group FaceTime and also do all those animation effects and put little photo effects on and everything. It's like the computer that's grown there is amazing. Yeah, yeah it is amazing. Um, um, and yeah, so FaceTime was one of the 32 participants now rather than, um, I think it was just one on one on one before, wasn't it? It was just, yeah, it was just, um, it was just like me and you doing a podcast. Where's yeah. Henry? And yeah. um, all that going. Oh, hi, Henry. Um, <laughs> so yeah, nice, nice, um, a nice extension to FaceTime and kind of keeping it relevant because it's bit, it's been that very personal, you know, just, you know, almost like a phone call rather than a conference, isn't it? And yeah. So they've just yeah. made it a conference. That felt like a finally. When when they popped up and said, and, and it's a weird number to do thirty two. It's like, well, you know, it, it's but it's like we can do thirty two, and and it was like, wow, okay, finally. Watch OS was the next thing they went on to. Uh, so number five, they talked about. Oh, God, I just this is where I got bored. Right, let me talk just, about the only thing like yeah. So let me just spin through it then, so that you can do challenges with health, fine, um, workouts, I, I guess. The slightly more intelligent workout so it knows the difference between a walk and hiking which if you've if you've ever hiked up a hill you know it's a lot more than a walk um and it's auto detecting workouts and a lot of end workouts too so again just making it a bit easier instead yep. of having to go fa 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 it's just saying oh you're done oh you're started and um, walkie talkie which they talked about when when the watch was first released and never never actually did it it's a lot of short audio broadcast that you can do um, yeah, I like to. I was the, the only thing that I thought. Oh, that's yeah, cool. yeah. The Siri watch face. So I, I, I don't really use the Siri watch face because I can't, I can't plug in all my work calendar into into my watch. So it. But I guess if you can get all your appointments in, just that Siri watch face and it's telling you what's next, what's next, what's next is 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 quite nice and it's going to support the Siri shortcuts and all that kind of stuff. Um, kind of an obvious one, but still, because what you need to do at the moment is raise your wrist and then say, "Hey Siri," you can just raise your wrist now and talk. Yeah. Um. Improve notifications, fine. Podcasts, which is it's a finally one for me. Yeah. Um, because the if you look at the new watches, you can you know have music content on it. You can you know it's it's got it can do the phone calls on it, but it, they lack a podcast. If I'm out for a long walk or a run, I'd, I want a I want a podcast, um, rather than you know yep. rather than just music. So that was that was nice, um, and that was about it. I guess the only thing for me is um, Watch OS Five will not work in my watch because I've got an original uh, and. Um, but I'd kind of planned that this year was the time to buy because the battery's a sucker. Yeah. Uh, in, raise your wrist to talk to it. Interesting. Is there privacy concerns around that? We, we're going to come on and talk maybe about Amazon here. Um, so that's interesting. They're, are they going to then start recording and listening 
you know, every time you move your watch, I don't, you know, I guess it's a defined movement or whatever, but no. Yeah, yeah. And what, nice little updates for runners as well, which, yes. which um, just, it definitely just, made it, it definitely made it a little bit more interesting, but I'm yeah. totally in the Garmin. Region I, 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 I just, I just wish they would actually, you know, and, and I guess we'll, we keep on saying we'll see it next year. Um, but like the custom watch faces, because I can imagine mm. somebody like a Garmin competitor saying, well, I can give you the best front end. You know, like a run keeper could, you know, just, just totally change that front end of the watch. And, you know, I can see competitors. I can see my map. I can see I don't know why they're so that's... resistant to it as well. I guess there's a reason. There will be a reason. Uh, yeah. I wonder if it's still protecting the, the battery and still protecting, maybe. you know, that, that, that end user experience. Or maybe they're worried that, you know, somebody rips off a tag your face. And, yeah, yeah, and, so and how do you control it? I don't, I don't know that, but but surely they could just say, well, you need, we need to approve it, and that's that's a bit of control. Went on to talk about Apple TV. Oh, that's just crap. D- that's basically, a, Dolby Atmos, Dolby Atmos support was the big upgrade, and they then and they said we'd do upgrades to everything you bought, so that it can includes that if you want it. And that's kind of it, really. Yeah, and what are about? Oh, the screensaver. It's the Earth. And also, you can click on the screensaver and it'll tell. And I got applause. And I was like, I, honestly, I, that, I was getting really hacked off at this I, stage. I, I think it probably was about that point that I just I literally just went and did something more interesting. It was like the first 15 minutes and quite a, quite a portion of the iOS um, type stuff when it was taught about, you know, stocks and, you know, news and stuff. It was like, come on, this is this is guff. You're just spinning this out for two hours. See if it had been an hour and, hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes and just, just condensed and really focused, but then people would probably say, oh, they've got nothing to say. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. We, we're never happy. That's the, <laughs> no. So with Apple TV, which is a damn script, it was almost like, please remember we're here, because they prattled on about 4K, prattled on about how yeah. it was great, and I'm sitting there saying, yeah, I really love my 1080p YouTube experience. Yeah. So, um, so, so, no, yeah. I, was, I, I just think they're waiting until either later this year or next year when they say, by the way, it's, we've got our own content on this. I wish I, I almost wish they wouldn't say this is important to us and how important it is to everyone because if it was important, then they're really not paying any attention. So, um, but macOS was the next thing. So, the next design is going to be called Mojave Desert, um, Desert Theme. And their big thing was a dark mode, which was basically a dark theme. And I, it got I a hate big, dark modes. It got a big clap, and I was like, "But you, that you've been able to theme desktops for ages. You just, yeah, it, I know. This is like, it's just, it's like a predefined, like going into your settings and changing everything to dark. Was it window blinds? Like, like fifteen, twenty years ago, was an app called window blinds? Yeah, something like that, where you yeah. just, yeah, you change the theme. It's like, oh my goodness. Um, anyway, we got a massive clap, and, uh, and, and the they've best... made it so it's dynamic, so it will now adjust itself through the day to go from bright to dark. And I guess that's an interesting thing, as far as you know. I, I don't get it. I, well, no, I don't I, I've seen. I don't get it. So lots of people love dark mode, especially. So see when the OLED iPhone. But they could have put. They do, do their own dark mode. Yeah, yeah. But but see when the but see when the, the OLED um, iPhone came out. So there's a big push on developers to put in dark mode options, and and some people love it. The challenge I have, and it's a me thing. If I look at. Uh, Dark background with white text. The white text follows me around for three, yes, four minutes. Yes, I have the same thing. Yeah. So I, I don't like you know. So lots of developers like to you know have the dark backgrounds and white text. So even when they showed Xcode on the screen, and all the developers were like, what, what, like this was leaked two days ago. You know, sitting there like you know get hard on about this. This is nonsense. Nah. And uh, but it's because it irritates me. So I'm I I in my text editor will pick like solarized. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like a kind of light background and the text isn't isn't pure black. It's like and it's nice and clear for me and I get the colours I like and, and that's what I that's what I kinda like. Um so this is this I'm never gonna switch this on. No, nope, but 
but obviously for some people it's a nice thing. Um, desktop stacks I liked. So this was grouping similar files together on little stacks like you get on your taskbar. I thought fine, and it's you could scrub along. I, I, you you look cynical, but I thought that was fair enough. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing massive, but it, it does not, tidy things up. You don't just, use your desktop. No. <laughs> See, I do. I I do, and I do get in that situation where you get a load of clutter. Yeah. So. And it's just back to, but I, but I get it for like probably the majority of folk. That is a really nice feature, and it is even just the way you can scrub through it, and it and it gives you like there's a pile of photos, there's a pile of movies, there's a pile yeah. of you know docs. It's like for actually, me it made sense, so yeah, I liked yeah. it. No, I agree. With you. Finder, um, they've got a nice gallery preview mode. So as well as the, I, I don't know if they're m- removing cover flow, but it's the yeah. similar kind of effect to cover flow, but just pictures straight up, which is what you want. Um, allows you to quickly scroll through them and that. Yeah, it was it's, it's much needed and, and good. Um, Quick Look has got some integrated um, features now. So I think one of the things they showed is that you could trim video. So if you bring up a video, you can actually trim it down if you want. And I guess so. That, so quickly, it was also it was kind of tied to screenshots as well. So screenshots, they showed you that you can take a screenshot now. And in, on iOS, when you take a screenshot, it kind of hovers in the bottom corner, and you can click on it and then do some quick markup, and then you know send it on to an email, or send it on to notes, or Sounds store it somewhere. Yeah. And and this is the same, and you can do video screenshotting as well. And it was like, yeah, that's actually quite that's actually quite a, a neat, nice addition. It's, if you think about it, screenshots, have not really even though you've got special apps and stuff actually integrated with the operating system screenshots have been really overlooked and it's it, kind of silly when you think about it how often you do take a little screen grab and, and would be nice to be able to mark up so yeah i think that sounds sensible um continuity camera so you can take a photo on your uh, device and it can then ping itself over to the um, main computer so if you're in the ios world that they're kind of working more between your devices, which seems nice. You, you can scan documents or whatever. Um, does make sense to use your device as an extension to your desktop. So that seemed fine. Talked about some apps. They talked about news and stocks. Obviously got mentioned the voice memos that we talked about earlier. Um, and home. So the big one for me was home, just because it, it was felt such a mess that you had a home on your iOS devices and you could control all your smart home from it, but not on the Mac. Mm-hmm. It was like, come on, um, yeah. and also at this point, I kind of called the kind of bit at the end because as soon as I saw the news, voicemail stocks, it was like they're iOS apps. There's no yeah. way they're Mac apps, and I was like, and I, and I said to the guys I was talking to, I says, those are the same apps. Same. They've all of a sudden appeared in iPad, all of a sudden appeared in Mac. They're iOS apps. And yeah. spoiler, they are. Huh. <laughs> they ch- <laughs> <laughs> they chatted around security and making sure things were locked down. Um. And that, I guess a couple of dings again in Facebook. So they talked about fingerprinting. So this is this um, that that like um, it identifies your device because it knows your hardware, and they're going to kill all that and and inside it, Safari. Technically, so a lot of the reason they can fingerprint is because a lot of that information is extremely useful for you know displaying content. So I'm just wondering if they're going to shut all that down and not present that information to you as a content provider then that's going to break a lot of sites and i've been interested the fingerprinting one's interesting when i think the comment box one where they're saying that you won't track like um like buttons and comment mm. boxes that was a real one again on, yeah. on like facebook and google yeah. to say stop tracking stop tracking sneakily and uh, but i think it's whack-a-mole they'll just find some other way of, of doing they, it they will but i just i honestly don't know from a technical point of view how safari is going to be able to render sites because a yeah, lot of agreed. the information that's useful for these people that they, they they maliciously use it for fingerprinting is essential to be able to display modern day websites so it's going to be interesting 
does it will it render Safari broken effectively? Yeah. Let's well, see. it's just a weird. I mean, I, I, no, Safari will pre, Safari will be presenting websites in a simplified way with no support for legacy plugins, mm. and you start to wonder. So, what, where are we going to end up? You know, but but I guess we need to you know get the beat installed or wait till September and give it a whirl. The new and if you don't like it, use Chrome or Firefox. Yeah, yeah. Uh, new app store design. They're going to have curated content. Blah 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 blah. A bit boring, but they've got some big pr- providers coming in. Office three six five, Adobe Lightroom, Transmit's coming on board, BB Edit. So there's the last the last two important because they left. Yes, they decided to run away. Yeah, it, and it was because of sandboxing. So the sandboxing restrictions to get in the Mac App Store, which was all in security, were too restrictive for them to deliver their yeah. apps successfully. However, they've relaxed some of the sandboxing, um, and just with the refresh and if you, I know you're not on iOS now, but the the App Store last year really they've got a, a lot of focus on um, like editorial. So they've got, you know, every day you've got a story in an app or here's a kind of theme like today's was all about Love Island and here's how you can avoid Love Island. <laughs> yeah. And and there was other ones in about the Apple Design Awards. So they, they put editorial content in there and I think it drives, obviously drives a lot more sales and they're going to do that in the Mac, which is good. They also talked about Metal and the ability <sighs> to have external GP, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was... It, <laughs> I, I, I still think this is such a hack. You know, it's like see if they, they just showed actually... a very pretty demo of a yeah, an but you could buy but you could buy a PC laptop that's got a video <laughs> card inside with the same bloody pretty <laughs> environment. So I'm watching it going. I've got to spend two grand on a laptop and then what five hundred to a thousand pound on a big huge box with a noisy fan on it to render something that I could buy a PC laptop and it would just work. I, yeah. I'm, I know I'm being a bit no, worried, was, uh, but that's... 100%. I, I, and I don't mind the idea of extensibility and modularity like that. I think it's quite an interesting concept, but it, you know, it was just a forest and we, we play games on Xbox <laughs> that, that look just as pretty as that kind of thing. It was just a forest. It was just a forest. <laughs> uh, Crate ML, um, oh. this is a new tool designed to train visual a visual thing to recognize items so this has been something that's taken a while before now um so you could train it to recognize an ice cream for example but apparently yeah. they've really shortcut it now it's it does it a lot quicker and actually the file to recognize these things is much smaller so it should open up those things to developers to to use yeah it's all about machine learning it was one of those you put some 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 times up on the screen and they got applause and it's like most folk are probably just gonna be like what yeah and as you said the kind of sneak peek at the end they're saying they're not it's not really working at the moment but they are going to be um allowing ios ports over to mac os starting 2019 yeah and the new apps that we've talked about so like stocks and voice memos and and news and something else have all been done that way so we've heard all about what um they were going to release and what they are going to release on 11 uh, sorry on uh, ios 12 and then we also get the actual release of 11.4 yeah, so this was the week before. So I know we've not done it in the best order, but but the week the week before we got eleven point four, which which um, delivered AirPlay two and messages in 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 the cloud basically. Which and AirPlay was, two was to allow their AirPod speakers to talk together in stereo. Basically. Yeah, and it was a kind of next gen version of AirPlay. And messages in the cloud was really you can actually put your messages in the cloud and it will sync across all devices properly because there's a. Most of the time it works, but every so often you'd go to a set of messages on your iPad and they're like, why are these different to the mm. iPhone? And they're out of sync. Um, but this was announced 51 weeks ago. Well, 52 <laughs> weeks ago now. So that that was the ding. 
You know, they've appeared in betas and then get dropped. So it's clearly, and, and also, so for things like messages in the cloud, not enabled by default and kind of all tucked away and hidden, it just feels all a bit hacky and, uh, and, and disappointing. Apple never used to be this way. Mm. If I'm being honest, Apple were always, uh, here's what we're doing and we're at most two, three months away. You know, so like it's a WWDC right, they, and then we're coming. It's almost like that craving for what's next has caused them to reach further and further into the future. And and actually that's, it's changing what they look like because like, like you say, most of the time it's it's a done deal. We get these announcements and they say at the end of this thing, we're going to release the beta and then in two months or in, you know, in three months we'll be releasing this to everyone. You know, so yeah does change a bit their their outlook it's certainly a year behind now yeah yeah, yeah. and and so I, I one of the guys at work bought a second home pod and um said the sound quality was amazing and um, but he was very disappointed that his his mac doesn't recognize the two you know mm. as, a, as a pair it's just these two separate home pods so again yeah. it's ios only and and he's he's very disappointed in that because he's, he spends a lot of his time when he's at home in front of a mac mac dollars just expensive expensive experiment not worth it. <laughs> Congratulations on your purchase. Um, YouTube. Uh, I, I'm going to move on. Is that right? I'm not going to go into uh, it. No, we're done. Yeah, cool. So YouTube has revamped its red subscription options. Um, this is uh, basically red subscription was, I guess, mainly used about music. And therefore, they have now made this into a standalone music streaming service. This is going to take over from their Google Play Music service. Um, so it's going to be based around YouTube, but you can now subscribe for nine ninety nine a month to um, access to all the YouTube music, and you you can have a free version, but it takes away some of the features. So you can't have music playing in the background, you can't download, and there's some curation um, stuff that's not there. Um, but the the music, the the free one, will be ad, ad supported, so you can take that away by nine nine a month. This is effectively YouTube's answer to Spotify, and in fact, it's Google's answer to Spotify, recognizing that actually, the majority of people don't use Google Play Music; they actually just watch stuff in YouTube. So this is this is they're kind of realizing the real situation and bringing it all together. Even though, for me, it sits less comfortably. I much prefer the split of YouTube video, you know, Google Play Music is their music offering but for the way that people actually use it especially in third world and developing countries that's kind of um how it is used so they've they've really you know they've put that into their business uh, uh, yeah you've just summarized that really well it's, it's, it's google i don't know always feel they're a bit confused about the brand and see for such a big company you know and and and, and to me it probably makes more sense that the, the, the target with youtube rather than google um, and even just to call them something Google Play Music always felt a bit. You know, yeah, there are probably still people that don't really even you know, know equate YouTube to Google, really. Do yeah, they, so, yeah, exactly. It's so, just YouTube. Um, and, and uh, you know, pay another two quid or two dollars a month and you get the video tacked on as well. And I think that's what we're going to see from Apple, you know, next year. I can't see them saying it's another ten dollars a month for their mm. Apple, you know, TV channel or whatever they, they end up calling it. I'm sure it's going to be a. If you're already a music subscriber, you either get it or you get it if you pay a little bit more. And I'm sure that's where we're going to end up with these things. So Facebook has continued to be in the news around all of its you know, privacy and as people probe and delve deeper. And we've had Zuckerberg appearing in front of the European court with various degrees of success. I mean, one thing I do find interesting is that the, all these politicians feel like they want to shout and shout and shout. And they do shout and shout and shout. But the problem is they ask about 
a million really low level questions and then run run out of time to actually ask anything that's of, of substance so they're kind of their own worst enemies um but nevertheless this is an interesting one in that um i think the new york times has been doing a dig in on this um and basically the youtube did come up with some supplier agreements with phone manufacturers now we've all seen on phones how integrated like buttons and integrated facebook services are so it's almost like giving a facebook experience on your phone without actually loading up the application in order to be able to do that they've had to give these companies uh, kind of unfettered um, access really to some underlying data now facebook was saying this is, works in exactly the same way as app developers but um from the work that the new york times has done it's kind of suggested that no that's not true and actually uh, a lot of the restrictions that people put in place as far as you know you can't find that information on friends of friends and all those kind of things apparently they're not in place for this agreement so this is actually say company to company agreements and while there's real sensitivity around this and while there's real uh, you know the, the spotlight is on this these things are coming to light and even if they they're trustworthy companies what they're saying is that theoretically apps and stuff underneath could potentially get access therefore to data um, and then we've had the sort of insider whistleblowers saying yeah, i've been talking about this for years and, and this we've known about this issue and we've not done anything to resolve it so I don't think the witch hunt is finished on Facebook. I don't think necessarily Facebook are the worst culprits or even, you know, particularly unusual. I think there's a lot of um, bad um, press that's maybe unjustly focused around politicians trying to detract from the fact that they don't really, I mean, politicians haven't cared about privacy. And in fact, they've been trying to put in place law in on one hand, they've been trying to put in place laws to strip away privacy wherever they can, so they can gain access to all the information they want. Uh, and now it's turning into something that's, that people have, you know, the, the general public are a bit more sensitive to privacy. Politicians are immediately reversing their position and shouting very loudly about how desperately bad all this is, not really thinking about how desperately bad some of the things that happen in the government are as far as sharing data with outside agencies where they don't have any right to do so. So it, it bugs me a little bit. The Facebook is certainly the, the bearing the brunt of this right now. Um, they are bearing the brunt of it. Um, I, I tend to, Maybe um, rightly so. Yeah, but I tend to kind of violently agree with you that, you know, if you look at, you know, even you, so UK government, even with the UK government, you know, for the last, what, two or three years, we need to, we need to stop encrypting data, you know, and, and, you know. Basically saying we need to be able to look at everything that you're doing as, as your government. Um, but now, but now that this is hit, it's like, this is outrageous. How could you possibly let even a little bit of data leak out uh, in your massive, massive organisation where, Actually, people have signed up to say, "Yeah, you can use my data." <laughs> I, I guess that see the winners out of this. It feels like Google. Yeah, maybe they're, they've, they've they're a bit away like Labour on the Brexit issue. They're just yeah. quietly sitting, tapping away on the computers. Don't look at me. I'm just sat here tapping away, exactly. sitting on a lot of data. <laughs> and it's and I think that that probably shows how little probably the politicians understand this because if they if yeah, somebody had you know finger on the pulse, they'd be like. By the way, see why we've got Zuckerberg here. I also want the Google head they here. Have, the politicians have no idea. They just know that they need to shout at someone, and yeah. that's what they're doing. They're shouting and they're shouting just silly things. They have so they had so many opportunities to actually get some insightful information and dig in. Had they had even the smallest bit of briefing and didn't ask, had to, didn't have to ask stupid basic questions, which you know that waste time basically. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes um 
interesting yes yeah, so we just want to make mention of all the gdpr stuff that we've been seeing lately for for a for a <laughs> For a set of rules which are designed to cut down on spam messaging, they, we have seen <laughs> probably the biggest avalanche of spam messaging in the last decade. I woke up, so I woke up on the Thursday. So what, what was the twenty? When did it come in? The twenty fifth or something like that. Some I don't know. Some date in May. The day before it came in, I woke up in the morning to over fifty emails. Yep. I was like, something's popped, something's broke somewhere, and it was just, it was just the. We respect your privacy. <laughs> can, can we continue to spam you? And you're like, and, and all, also the ones that are like, we've not heard from you. We're really concerned that because this new legislation won't be able to talk <laughs> to you. It's like, uh, fine. Yeah, and so everyone, everyone suffered that. And and what what GDPR experts or what people have said all along is they don't need to do that. All they need to do is have justifiable mailing list where they've actually got, got permission. So anyone who is mailing you with that is either doing it because they think they need to tick a box that they actually don't or they have gained your email address in a way they cannot prove and therefore all this time they've been messaging you they shouldn't have been um, and now they're trying to sort of gain some of that, that legitimacy. Anyway, theoretically, yeah, you didn't need all that. People were doing it because they got panicked and uh, and, and I can understand that as well. It, you know, certainly it's made everyone focus, uh, but maybe in a pretty ugly way. And yeah, please can we keep spamming you is, is exactly what they're asking. Uh, what, what I was surprised at was the number of things that actually, you know, so the number of websites that, sh- that are basically shut down for Europe. So I think, is it, was it, try to remember which one of the American papers is basically saying we're no longer available until we mm-hmm. get our, you know, we get we get our heads around what we need to do, and I thought, wow, that's a. There was also a, a, a might be Washington Post are serving up a paid for only, um, non ad version, um, which they don't offer, they don't offer in um, in America, mm-hmm. and and it was just because they're concerned about what these tracking laws are and and what the ad laws are bringing in, and to be fully compliant, they're saying we're going to have to switch this off. But I mean, in the show notes, there's a. There's a smart home manufacturer, which I've never heard of, called Yeelite, which sounds, <laughs> sounds awful. But they actually disabled interconnected light bulbs because because of this new regulations. It's like the the, the where it's actually impacted is is has been really surprising. Instapaper, you know, Instapaper, a massive you know service that lots of people use. Um, we're shutting down in Europe right now because we've not we're not massive massive case of burying head in the sand though because these regulations have actually been enforceable for like well over uh, I think it's, it's like a year and a half something like that maybe even two years since these these things actually started actually being in statute now they always said that they were going to be brought in and then they would be uh, effectively enforced um, from such and such a date uh, and that date happened to be this 25th of or 24th of May, whatever it was. And uh, yeah, I, it's so it, it, they they should have known about this a lot long time in advance. And it's one of these things. It's just a very last minute rush to comply with something which they should have already been complying with anyway. Yeah. Um, so and just, actually I'm, underlying is all just very sensible uh, data protection. Anyway. I've seen particularly some American pundits and they should know better, but they're basically saying this is typical EU overreacting and it's just stopping you know it's stopping big business and stopping competition it's like no it's protecting our data which companies should have been protecting anyway mm-hmm. um and whether yeah, you class it as over the top or not this should have been happening i'm just looking in here as well so uh, a media company in america a and e so they've they've blocked history.com they've blocked some multiplayer online games including ragnarok online 
they just switched off the EU servers. It's and the, and the, it's the main amazing. reason where they're doing this is because the 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 fines potential for this is is massive. That's what that's the biggest difference. So, with the old you know data protection, oh, there huge. were some sizable fines, but they were limited to a, an X amount. And for these mega corporations, that's nothing. Now, the the limit has been massively increased, and there's also an added stipulation, or even five percent of your global yeah, yeah. Uh, earnings, which or up to, up to five percent of your global. Which for these mega corporations is it's an extremely sizable chunk of cash, and that's what's made them focus on this. It's not because they care about data. It's because of the fines and it shows a bit like us having to pay 5p for a plastic bag Absolutely. to make us realize that we yep. need not to buy plastic bags and we should use recycled ones um yeah that's it, money talks and i think that's shown you know twice recently that the only way you can get the attention and the only way you can get the focus is by a monetary fine yep and another example health and safety laws in the uk you know they had to make it that we can right right ceos will send you to jail you know, if, if you don't look after employees. And suddenly... And look at the difference it's yeah, made. You it's know, made big fines. We're going to make you responsible. All of a sudden, people took it seriously. Amazon Alexa's been sending conversations to random people. So Fantastic. as this story developed, basically um, a private conversation that... that uh, husband and wife are having was broadcast to one of their friends. Their friends rang them up and said, you must have been hacked. We're listening to your home conversation. Uh, there was a bit of, like, discussion around what all this was and amazon did an investigation eventually and pretty much said uh, there's a weird circumstance here where um, a lot of things aligned in a weird way we thought we heard uh, a noise that sounded like alexa so it sparked it up the next bit of conversation sounded like you wanted to send a message to a friend and the the friend's name was asked for each time alexa responded but but obviously it's hearing something like my alexa's talking to me Oh my goodness! I'm probably sending this message. <laughs> uh, I shan't. I, anyway, yes. So that word that I can't say at the moment. Um, yeah, sent message to a friend, and that friend's name was sort of thought that she heard it in the next bit. Yeah, all those things aligned, and eventually, even the confirmation aligned. And they said, "This is such a rare thing, um, but we are going to try and work out how to make more safeguards around it." But they're saying their privacy was not broken down. We're not listening endlessly. We do listen for the trigger word before we do anything, and that's still in place. But it does erode trust, right? Yeah, a little bit. I saw some of the usual techno panic people saying, right, that's, I've, I've unplugged it and thrown it in the bin and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, really? Really? It's like, you knew it was recording for the last yeah. two years, but because it makes one mistake, you're going to throw it away? Really? Really? Yeah. Come on. I yeah, just thought just... it was a. It's the usual. People just looking for a bit of reaction. I had, it's it's made a mistake. Um, won't be the first. Won't be the last. It didn't didn't bother me to be honest. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah so the one the one that is interesting. It's, it's, so so Shaq Shaq a week ago was in a rage, right? And he does. He's, he gets. He's getting old, so he does get quite tetchy. <laughs> and, he, and he said he'd been having a conversation in the work kitchen with somebody about some. Um, alternative, you know how you get these little like um, coffee capsules for all the kind of instant yep. coffee type things, and it was some different brand that you hadn't heard of, which was cheaper and seemingly really good quality coffee. And he thought no more of it, hadn't searched for it, hadn't looked for it, just had a verbal conversation. That night on Instagram, he got an ad for it, mm. and he was like, I'm, "How I'm, was that possible? Yeah. I'm sure this is Zuckerberg, blah blah blah." blah. <laughs> but then you're like, "Is it coincidence? Is he a friend of that person who has been?" 
maybe looking at it and they're thinking, you know, you, you know what the massive profiles that Facebook's got on you. So, but he's he's not linked to him in anywhere and socially. But then it could be he's told somebody else who's looked it up. So there's all these kind of things. But I just happened to see two or three comments on Twitter today where other people said the same things. Mm. They were they were stopped at a shop today to come into this new shop that's opened, and they were like, "Oh no, no thanks," and got home to an ad for it. Never searched for it. But yeah, and there, but there, there are lots of apps doing potentially things. It's not, you know, there are apps that know your location and they may know that you've gone near that shop and therefore exactly. they've sent you. And, and there are adverts that are looking for people in particular areas. So there's, it's, it does get a bit worrying when you see how yes. much data there is there. Nevertheless, as they all tell us, and if a rational mind would say, a lot of it, yes, if they pulled it all together and pulled it and, and had someone you know looking at it then yes it can cause a bit of stress but most of the time it's just machines it is the, the only way the only way i can see it being solved is if they actually provide a little button that you can click and say here's why we served you this mm. and 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 it told you uh, you know you've got this advert on coming forth in the race because chris came forth in the race <laughs> sorry that's a, that's weak drone users hey me you got to take a flight safety test yeah that's fine I think it's just an online test, though, right? Yeah. So I, I've, I've got no problem with this. I've got to register and I've got to take an online test. And it's like, fine. Because at one point they were talking about, you know. You have to go somewhere and actually take it, a flight test. Go somewhere and, and, and some of the tests might be like, you need to have like cones and put bibs mm. on with you, when you're flying. And it's like, <laughs> come on, you're just going to kill it. And so thankfully, I think they've erred on the side of, I would say, common sense slash caution to say, yeah, you need to do a test. You need to register. They've put in law now. Um, so there was always an advisory about the no more than 400 feet yep. and, you know, outside airports have now enshrined that in law to say, look, you can't do that. Yep. And, and I'm, I'm, again, fine and with And this, this test is a great way of enforcing that, as in making sure that the right people know about it. There's nothing to say that someone's gonna, not going to not take the test or whatever, but then that's that's their risk then, isn't it? Yeah, and there's nothing to it. So, I mean, I use DJI. DJI's trying to be do the right thing. They're trying to be... You know, they're the biggest brand. They don't want. They don't want. You know, they don't want to be the first drone to bring a, an aircraft down. So they're doing the right things. They don't want to have a drone hitting somebody because that would just destroy probably the market. So they're trying to be sensible. They've worked with the government. They're trying. You know, when you fire it up, it's tell you don't do this and don't do that. You're in a particular zone. Don't do this and don't do that. It's all there. Um, but if I don't do use DJI and I just build my own, I can go and fly that anywhere. So that's yep. that's not going to stop somebody if they want to do it. They'll do it. It's only for any drones weighing over 250 grams, so your little Christmas one that you've got flying around the house isn't isn't covered. <laughs> That's fine. You can still fly that to your heart's content. So yeah, yeah. But, but I actually I was like yeah fine, good. And it, like you say, it seems like the sensible outcome, and and also the it's, it's the the proper way in rather than overreacting. Let's let's try a sensible approach. And if this doesn't solve the problem, then maybe they will have to take it further. If people yeah, can't be, yeah, yeah. you know, can't do that. Yeah, yeah. And what, what they said is that they don't want to destroy what is clearly a you know get huge potential. You know, yeah. and you know, just looking forward, you know, will we get drone deliveries and all that kind of stuff? In certain places, it's going to make sense to do that. Microsoft has come out with a controller specifically for um, sort of an accessible controller for people with disabilities. Yeah, this was this was. Um, so I guess Microsoft get lots of dings, don't they? You know, yep. it's like the the failed. You know, the Xbox One failed. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're massive behind Sony. They don't have many games, all that kind of stuff. But then you know, this every so often you just think, yeah, you've done the right thing. So this was an adaptive controller, which you can. 
you know, two big buttons on it, a little D-pad. You can do loads of little hang hang offs. And then they showed a video of all the all the folk with disabilities. And you're thinking, you, I just sat there and thought, wow, that's you know, it just evens the playing field because you know, something like playing a computer game, you'd like to think that anybody, you know, any, anybody could you know be playing FIFA. Yep. And that's and that's so me and you're playing, you know, we'll play FIFA, we'll play Halo. In real life, would we ever be able to run about and do that? No. So it's just great that, you know, they're, they're, they're putting a control in place that, again, levels of playing field. So online, I'm going to be playing anybody. And, you know, it'll be somebody with a disability who's probably kicking my ass. And um, and I I just thought, you know, well done for doing that. And it looks really like well a nice bit kit as well. It's, yeah, it looks absolutely. Like a, it looks smart. And not hugely, you know, not like, you know, $300, 400 And, yep. you know, it, it was actually sensibly priced. And, and I thought, yeah, well done. Epic Games is going to pump 100 million into Fortnite esports oh. competitions. Now, just to put that into um, sort of perspective, 100 million, I think, is actually greater than all the other um, sporting tournaments or esport tournaments sort of combined together. So wow, they are, didn't know that. So they're literally um, chucking everything at this. So they're, basically, they're saying well, there's a fund available here for like competitions. We are going to take this east. E- esports business by the scruff of the neck and yeah and they have literally trounced even things like dota and all those kind of things that that have got massive prize pools this this eclipses them um quite substantially and it's an interesting angle in and it shows how much money they're making off of selling skins and it um but yeah fortnite kind of has won currently the uh the battle of the battle royales um certainly gained a lot more of the, the you know PUBG got stuck in a little corner because it's supposed to be realistic and they can't play around with it, whereas Fortnite was always a jokey thing and therefore they could play with things. So in PUBG, you can never have a unicorn stick that you can smash things down with, <laughs> whereas in, in Fortnite, yeah, that's perfectly perfectly reasonable. So, uh, yeah, PUBG got stuck and they are actually now suing um, for similarities, uh, which is an interesting angle. I... Uh, it's an interesting angle, mainly because game genres. So you know the whole point is that lo- loads of people release the same game genre, and surely this is they they were over similarities. I agree. In this case, they they literally took the game and said we'll do exactly the same thing. Um, but I think it's sufficiently different now that actually they've turned into different games, and and I think just PUBG, just say it's still going strong. It's just not got that mass market appeal. I, that, I just, I just managed to make. Can't, I, so I remember when Fortnite came out because we were waiting for PUBG. Yep. Microsoft had made a big thing about PUBG's coming, and then Fortnite was just basically a, it was a different game, and then they kind of spun up a different version that says, "By the way, download this." And, and then I you remember, suddenly have your battle royale. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember we downloaded it, and it was all right, and it had yeah. the building element in it as well, which, which PUBG does not have. Um, but it copied the kind of zone type thing, but it was a different map, cutesy graphics, played differently. Um, different weapon sets, and and I remember that so the the kind of the the guy behind so player unknown whatever his name is in real life I think it was Brendan somebody, um so he he I remember at the time was a bit squiffy saying I'm really hacked off that people can just clone my game, I'd rather they'd taken it and done something innovative, and I remember at the time thinking but but it is a spin on it, and yours is a spin on I can't remember what H one Z one yeah so his was a spin on that. Which would have been based around something else, and you know exactly. You know, so I, I was like, and it's taken them probably nine months to actually say right, we're soon. And what they've said is, after listening to the going feedback from a community and reviewing the gameplay for ourselves, we're concerned. It's like, no, 
The gameplay has been there since day one. What you're concerned about is the community is stealing your players. Yeah. yeah. So that so if you look, that I think it's down about thirty percent over the last month and a half. And it's back to what you said. That I mean, I mean Fortnite. They're doing every couple of weeks new content, and they're doing different modes. They're keeping it fresh. And yeah, and, and they Pub- and they can play, and they can play and do things that PUBG can never do because no, PUBG's and, serious. And and PUBG hasn't kept up with that. And, and although it's a, I mean, I, I still think it's a good game. Xbox has struggled, must admit, but I still think good game. Um, I still watch. I still watch PUBG streamed, and I yeah. find it what, watching someone who knows what they're doing playing is is still quite an enjoyable thing for me. Probably more so than Fortnite because Fortnite always seems a bit random with all the building. It's very clever and everything, but it's something yes. I'd never be able to do myself. No, and as you say, I, I do feel there's a there's a level of complexity in Fortnite that makes it harder to watch and understand and see. Um, but I think it's it seems to be more people watch it. Maybe it's just what I, I'm thinking. But also, we we love things like Grow. You know, yeah. so maybe it's just our background and what we enjoy and play is more naturally aligned to a PUBG than a than a Fortnite. Um, but there's there's no doubt, and I, I, mean, I don't see them as the same game anymore. You know, no. so I'd be interesting one, and, and it's just like and there's nothing that stops someone playing Fortnite and PUBG, and that and that probably is what happens. Obviously, people like to invest time in one game more than another, and I think that's probably what's ended up here. You know, at the end of the day, Fortnite's free to play, and it has captured that market. It's easy, it's accessible, yep. it's it's shiny, and everyone's playing it. And that's the, the whole thing is there's the there's the trigger point of where when everyone's playing it, that's where you go and play because that's where you get the best games. Yeah. So was it was it Drake joined Ninja Stream one night? Yep. And it was the yeah, biggest yeah. stream broke thing the t- on broke Twitch. Twitter, yeah. yeah, you know. So Twitch, and, and and it was just it was like the day after, the two days after, or a week after that Epic had said we're putting all this money in. It's probably like right, we're soon. Because all along, PUBG have said we're going to be the number one esports brand. It's like you're not; the game's not there for that. No, even on, even on PC, glitches. they're still suffering quite a yeah. lot from their from from lag. Yeah, even though they've they've done a lot to resolve that, and actually, it is a lot better game than it ever was. It, they're still not there yet. Still not there. Anyway, that is all the news from tonight. I think we've prattled on long enough, so I don't think we're we going to extend it too much more. Um, well done. I'm just going to say you can find out more about us, digitaloutbox.com. The website email at is info at digitaloutbox.com and Twitter is digitaloutbox. I'm on Twitter as CheesyUK. Blog is academyracer.co.uk. Watch out for reports of how I ended up in fourth place. Um, Ian, where can we find you? Um, iand.net and my, um, my Twitter is Sweeper. Lovely. Cool. All right, then. I think, yeah, let's run away. It's been long enough. So thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And there is one point. What's that? Why have you got a box of CDs? I think I may have bought them years ago and they've just lasted this long because yeah, why have I got a box of CDs kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm, I was the same. Oh, no, um, I know why I got them. I got them because I was making a DVD uh, for my mum and dad's anniversary. With, oh, bless. Uh, and so you, I needed to buy it. And you can only buy massive stacks of them now. Yes. Well, I had the same. I remember buying CDs and then DVDs. And then it just all of a sudden like stopped when I don't know, it was almost like cloud. broadband was broadband cloud was fat, yes. And all that kind of stuff. And people could just get their own stuff and you're like, I'm done. And and they sat there for years and then about two, three years ago I was like, I'm not going to use these and my Macs don't have a CD anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so so just throw it away. <laughs> yeah.
There you go. So that's the story of my CDs. Now there you, you can go. see the other corner of my room. I feel invaded. You're like you're like an Alexa, constantly there listening. And no, watching. I'm like um, I'm like who's the guy that used to go around this the celebs house? Lloyd Grossman. Oh, good God! <laughs> Who lives in a house like this? Yeah, David. It's <laughs> over to you. I know some that's a terrible accent. Nerd. Yeah, you should see that. There's a cupboard over here, and it's literally just stacked full of boxes of guff. I'll, I'll look forward to like your Instagram story. Oh right, it's not happening. 